Oh. So somebody posted something on Facebook about a new, like ice cream shake, something open in Marietta. Yeah, and they said, and they posted something about the Dole Whip was delicious. So somebody oh, in Marietta, don't tease me like that. We don't even need to go. Somebody, somebody in Marietta selling Dole Whips. So don't get your, don't, get your, don't tease me like that. Point your nose in the right here. direction. Yeah. Hmm. Move to where the deli used to be on. Yeah, okay. this, this was something else. And then he sold that, the old location, to some other people that now it's the. Yes. Yeah. Totally cute. And the Dole Whip and coconut popcorn shrimp were delicious. Some bitch. First comment, shut up. They have Dole Whip. Shut up. They have Dole Whip. <laughs> it's scrumptious. They have strawberry, we, too. We may be done with this podcasting for tonight, because I'm going to have to go down. What time do they close? <laughs> Are they open till oh 11? God. 11 to 8. That's how you guys can... That's how the two cliffs make up at the end of the multiverse. <laughs> they share a Dole Whip. They share yep. a Dole Whip. One of them says, shut up. They have Dole Whip. Writes itself. March out of there. A fun, family-oriented environment where you come to enjoy great food and a tropical experience. That game more tropical back than original that. tastes from the many years ago, as well as adding a few Caribbean-style choices. Mm. All right. There we go, Marietta. You're welcome. <laughs> Where's that at? Right on Pike Street by Burger King. Yeah. The old... Oh, this is a different... Yeah, they painted the building. Seems like a freaking that uh, mistake to go to. I said the same thing. That seems like a mistake. No, people don't drive. People don't drive by there in that dark, shady section and think I want a hot dog, cold treat. Let's bring the on Pike Street where you're blazing under the sun, Mm -hmm. smelling the car fumes. Seeing the people lined up. They're not even going to know there's people in there lined up inside. you got to see the line of people waiting on their shitty hot dog and be like, I need a shitty hot dog. Right. <laughs> Do you go down to the shop down here? No. No? No, not since I predicted that there's they would close within three months. Oh I'm bitter every God. time I drive by. Says you, need to, you need to park that pride somewhere else and go down to the yeah. shop. <laughs> I've never been in there. We frequent weekly. <coughs> weekly. <laughs> it's good. I don't know. There's no, it doesn't. I don't look at that place and think I want anything that's in there. Oh yeah. It, What's it got? It, hamburgers and hot dogs and French fries and it's whatever. It's just ice cream. Chumps. Yeah, it's just ice cream. They don't have food. I don't think so. Jeez. Yeah, I, I, I'd I'd rather have whips. Or that's what it is. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I like that. Not, nah. Nah. I don't really go anywhere for ice cream. Really? Anyways, but... Oh my god! You gotta get not a big ice cream guy. Oh man, that's the glory of getting old. The older I get, the more ice cream I eat. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I got dull whip. <laughs> Oh.
And we'll find out tomorrow, you bet your ass. As I get Welcome off to Ice Cream Chat, everybody. I totally, here's how it's going to go. We'll see <laughs> about this. Ice cream for you, Cliff. As close <laughs> as you're going to get, I guess. But this isn't real Disney Dole Whip. Oh, of course not. Gonna go. That's how it's going to go. There's already going to be a TikTok about it. <laughs> Don't give me ideas. I'm trying desperately <laughs> to get you to make all of these. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. We better do something before it gets too late. <laughs> we accomplished almost nothing. <laughs> You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. It's Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Shut up. (laughs) I will not. A podcast is where you talk. You don't shut up. It's Kapow. (laughs) I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth going on we just been talking ice cream you've been talking local commerce yes sights and sounds of marietta ohio nothing more interesting than that nope not according to my kids so become a patron hear all this behind the scenes chat yeah because that's going to edit it together yeah best cutting room (laughs) man i can't wait while he's licking a dole whip can't read wait to get homework more more work to do <laughs> you can do this work at work yeah well sometimes when you just get get sick of the mattresses <laughs> step in the multiverse of mattress as mm. long as you are as long as you hate mattresses more than podcasts more than evil cliff right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh we got pop culture to talk about because that's in our name. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Literally, there's too much. There's too much content. I'm too overwhelmed. Much. I'm drowning in content. Luckily, the CW is helping us out by canceling all the shows I shouldn't be watching anyway, but can continue to. So, big <laughs> news this week, everybody. Sound the alarm. Hit the button. Riverdale is going to end. After season seven next year, Riverdale's done. So that's a blow to us personally. Yeah, it does feel personal. It does. <laughs> like I was, I knew it was coming. I should have been prepared, but I was just like, oh my God, like it's, this is real. Riverdale is, is this real? Gosh. So I read up a little bit on what is going on on the CW. So that this show debuted in 2017. That's how long it's been going. How long we've been Feels talking like about it. It was like longer. So it's uh, it's going to return. We're in season six right now. It's going to return 
mid-season next year. There's not an exact date yet, but it's going to premiere in early 2023, it says. So does that mean it's going to be like a short seventh season? I, I would guess it's not going to be 20-some episodes. Actually, yeah. I read they were not, because that was the speculation immediately, and they came out and said, no, we have no expectation to have a shortened season. We want to finish the show the right way and and we're not worried about like the full tree anybody anything happening if they lose somebody they've got another zach or whatever around (laughs) so this was one of the biggest most marquee shows cw had i debuted season one was average and then it dropped on netflix and when season two premiered there was a 30 percent bump in the ratings which a lot of people credit to people finding it on Netflix mm-hmm. and going, what in the world is that? So right. there was a huge bump in season two and it's been kind of a slow decline ever since. Back when, back when season one was like Jughead's, my dad's drinking. Right. Yeah. And then it was like, then it became like <laughs> insanity back yeah. when those were the problems. Like, ugh, So the crazy. current ratings are under half a million viewers a week. So it's again, CW is not the biggest blockbuster station, but that's, the, the ratings are not so hot. So it makes perfect sense. It's been on way too long. It's oh, yeah. fine. It's okay that it's in. But, the C- but it comes with a whole bunch of other cancellations. So we already announced a couple weeks ago they canceled Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, which I read. Apparently the leases on the sound stages they used were up. Yeah. And they didn't want, that's part of the, they didn't want to pay another lease. To rent the sound stage again. What a way to go out. We don't want to get another garage. <laughs> Jeez. So those are already canceled. And then just recently they canceled In the Dark, Legacies, Dynasty, The 4400, Charmed, Roswell, New Mexico, and Naomi. Which is like most of their week's lineup. Yeah. So according to the Hollywood Reporter... Um, they're suggesting these cancellations have more to do with the behind-the-scenes change at the SCW rather than ratings, viewership, or quality or content. It's it's all what's going on at the network. So the, the CW is currently for sale. They're trying yeah. to sell it. The co-owners are CBS Studios and Warner Brothers. Okay, what do they have in common? They each have a streaming service. CBS has Paramount+, Plus. Warner Brothers has HBO Max. So the biggest revenue CW had was this billion-dollar Netflix licensing deal that all of the network shows, mm-hmm. like the week after they ended on the network, went to went to went to Netflix, and that's where a lot of people watch them. So I'm sure there's people who don't even think of Riverdale as a CW show; it's a Netflix show, I, I would assume. So they opted not to renew that deal, obviously, because. These people want content for their own streaming services. Why give away to a competitor? They want they want originals for themselves. And they stopped uh, selling rights abroad. So international revenue has pretty much vanished. They're losing millions of dollars there because they're not selling the rights to the international market. So killing off all these shows at once is a way to make the network a lot cheaper to try to sell yeah, to make it a little more yeah. uh, uh, attractive to a potential buyer. Um, so CW chairman CEO Mark Pedowitz said, quote, I'm a big believer of giving series that have had long run, have had a long run, an appropriate send-off. 
We had a long conversation with Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa yesterday, and he is thrilled with the decision. We're going to treat the show in the manner it deserves. It's been an iconic pop culture star, and we want to make sure that it goes out the right way. So they're not just going to pull the plug on it. They're going to get to write mm-hmm. their, they're going to get to write their way out of whatever corner they find themselves into. So <laughs> we're going to get a grand finale, and we're going to get a big celebration of all things Dale. So, uh, okay, CW is going to look a lot different in a couple of years, but we had a good run. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I think I saw like months ago there was uh, a report that the CW had not made a profit since like 2006 or something. It was wow. ridiculous. <clears throat> so the writing's been on the on the wall for a while, but still, guys, I mean, like, what what are we without Riverdale? What is this show without Riverdale? Shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be sad um i really do hope they 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 do what they say they're gonna do and put the effort into the into season seven and um all the actors hold on for you know the ride but it needs to go back to that season one after this season the current mm-hmm. season and all the supernatural superhero stuff they literally should just start next season with like teen school drama like someone's cheating on that, me like it wouldn't should, that be it wild should, and just go total soap opera hmm. that'll be amazing um i don't because i was thinking about that yesterday as i was watching an episode trying to get caught up i was like where are they gonna go with it like which direction i mean how do you get any crazier than it is i mean do you do do you do zombies you know, we, we've joked about that for years. I mean, or, you know. I, I, if there's one thing, I trust the writers of Riverdale to do the right thing and know, <laughs> and know where to go. Zombie Fred. Oh, man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, we're going to talk Riverdale in a whole other separate episode. But that's just, that was the big news that shook our foundation just a little bit. Um, the only other bit of news I had from the TV side of things, we got confirmation uh, Disney Plus is going to make new Daredevil episodes. That's pretty cool. So the team attached to write and executive produce are Matt Corman and Chris Ord, who are co-creators of Covert Affairs, ran on USA Network for five seasons, and I've never heard of. There, so here, write this. And they are the executive producers and co-showrunners on the NBC dramas The Enemy Within and The Brave, as well as the CW series Containment. All I've big literally, hits. I've literally never, heard, never of heard of any of those shows. That's and does, it hurt, does it hurt that I never finished Daredevil even? You know, wow. Like, Jordan, did you ever get through those? Through that I universe? did. I loved Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. that was, I, Daredevil was, was my favorite of the whole Too long. Life. The seasons were too long. You're too wrong. Shut no, up. Nope. <laughs> I'm with you. I enjoyed it. Too I much li- fucking dead air. I liked Luke Cage. I liked Daredevil. I liked the Jessica Jones series. Um, you know, Iron Fist and, and the Defenders miniseries were kind of letdowns, but the rest of it I really liked. So I'm I'm in for more Daredevil. I'll take one episode. They should <laughs> Make it just one episode. That's called a movie. Yeah. 
No, that would be too long. One hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> be like the uh, the nineteen eighties uh, made for television special when they had the Lou Ferrigno Hulk, and they had Daredevil, and I think Thor. Thor. I was gonna say, yeah, I think Thor was in that too. Stanley. So Stan was a juror. <laughs> Oh yeah. He's hey, speaking be of back. that's news, yeah, we got he's the, coming back. We, <laughs> it's a multiverse. Cells here. Uh, we got the trailer for She-Hulk. Speaking of lifelike effects and painted green skin. Yeah. Absolutely. That was kind of the immediate thing I heard. Was like, are these effects finished? <clears throat> no, they're not people, finished. It's months people, away, so they're. Yeah. It's just like anytime. Everybody, this exact thing happened over yeah. and over. Anything heavy CGI, they show stuff too early and haven't finished it. It looks terrible, and people are people are stupid and don't they don't <laughs> they they just look on a wiki page. They've never actually read a She-Hulk comic or read when she was in anything and don't realize that this is what she's actually like. She's a sexualized, goofy, getting in odd things. You know, rarely super serious. Yeah. Break the fourth wall. You know, yeah. so they're, you know, but before Deadpool ever did it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like people are so, oh, this isn't right. She's, you know, that's not the way the Hulk would, well, she's not the Hulk, you know. Anyway. Yeah, so this is going to be definitely more like romantic comedy vibe than, right. than straight up superhero vibe. It's going to be super silly. Yeah. It's I love like, the if title. That's not your jam. If that's not your jam. Fine, but don't act like. They're not doing what it has always been. I immediately saw people trashing that title, and I was like, I even, I, I even uh, had a conversation online with Michael. I was like, I love the title, <laughs> She Hulk Attorney at Law. I was like, that's awesome. That sounds yeah. so fun. <sighs> yeah, she'll probably go up against Daredevil, maybe in mm-hmm. a case that'd be good. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Huh. All right, what's everybody watching? I finished um, one of my favorite shows on Netflix. Uh, came out with a new season. It's the fourth year they've done this. It was F1. You thought I was going to say something else, Cliff, but F1, Drive to Survive. Hey, Netflix. This sport is cutthroat. Action. Welcome back. What are we going to talk about this year? It's not just about what's going on on the track. It's everything that happens off the track. It's winner takes all. Constant warfare. Be the best driver win. The fireworks for me. The cabby. They every year they recap the previous season, give you all this behind the scenes stuff and get you really interested. And like it's I don't know how anybody would not get something enjoy something about it but 
it's just a great show and it got me hyped up. I went and got bought the new Gran Turismo game for my PS5 and I've been racing around here like a maniac. And hmm. then I got the F1 channel <laughs> and I'm watching all the races and stuff. It's just, I'm deep in the racing. You're right all now. in. Yeah. It's, Man. it's good stuff. I love it. Huh. I love it. Yeah. But then they also came up with a show this week that we love all this. We, what was it? Australia? Was that the one that had all the love on the spectrum? We watched yeah. a few se- couple seasons of it. It was mm-hmm. good. Now they've got love on the spectrum US. Oh. First season just came out this week. Really? I've watched, I've watched like three episodes and it's the same quality mm-hmm. stuff. Watching these people on the autism spectrum yeah. trying to find love. And they're just like all very cute and lovable and very polite to each other and try and do, you know, you really each other root feel for okay. Them, oh, know? it's so good. It's really... just, it is so heartening. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. So good, man. And the circle season four is back. Jesse is a watcher of the circle. He's a, he's a circle fan. He watches with his wife. Hmm. Mrs. Jesse, is that what we call her? What was she? She Mrs. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Had Spice Girls on it this year. I have no idea what the circle is. Circle Circle filmed Circle filmed in London. It's a reality show. Sorry, I've talked about it before, but it's a reality show where they just put they have like an apartment building and they put all the contestants in different apartments, and it's like a social media type show. You don't they never see each other. They just talk through social through texts. There's just the circle chat. So they get to have little chats with these people and then a few people over here. And you only get so many that you're allowed to do a day. And you like they vote people off. Do they all know who that they're all celebrities or no, they they some of some people are they most people are not celebrities on it. It's regular people, but they go in there and some of them are themselves they put pictures of themselves up for people to see some people come in and are catfish and they'll Mm. put pictures of somebody else and like this season the they bring in other ad contestants along the way and one of the contestants was a catfish being played by scary and baby spice were doing all the talking for that Hmm. character it's interesting it's something trash tv to watch but yeah uh, so you've, right. been, you've been watching a lot of netflix then did yeah you i was trying to stick to netflix as did i was you talking finish ozark on netflix i did i did did you yes it i finished it because i've invested this so much time into <laughs> it it's not the greatest thing ever but i was content with how I, yeah it. i've enjoyed it well enough I like the characters. I was invested. I wanted to know how it all ended. This seat, this fourth and final season, they had that weird thing where they did part one was one episodes one through seven, and then part two they waited a couple months and then put out episodes eight through fourteen. So that's all technically season four. It's kind of an extended thing. They do that just like they did with all those other shows, so they don't have to pay them. Yeah, it just seems to be behind the scenes Mm -hmm. maneuvering rather than narratively important. But yeah, so. It ended. <laughs> I, I it wasn't satisfying to me. I'll say, yeah, without being overly spoiler. Like, it made sense 
story-wise, but emotionally, it did not pay off for me in the way I wanted it. And again, it's not like, well, what should have happened is X, Y, Z. But yeah. it's just like, oh, that's how it ended? Okay. I guess. I didn't like, hate it. It, it had that, that idea of someone explicitly says the line, you know, basically, you, you can't get away with this just because you're rich and powerful. <laughs> Since when? Like that, that, that is the thesis statement of the whole show is having money. You can get away with. Exactly. I'm glad that they explicitly like paid that off. But as far as what I wanted to see, you know, you know, there's people I wanted to see get away with it. There's people I didn't. So it didn't, it didn't go my way. We'll say, but it was a fine show. Good drama, but it's hard again, especially like watching better call Saul at the moment. It's like a similar kind of crime show that, there's no minute on Better Call Saul where I'm like, no, wait, who is that? What's their story? Like, Ozark is way more, it's it's messier and more complicated, and it's not, the characters aren't as all yeah. indelible. So it, it's a strong, good prestige drama, but it's just, it's not the top of my list. We'll say. Hmm. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm glad I watched it, but I'm also right, glad right. it's over. Like, oh, finally, let these people rest wearing me out it just yeah. feels like something's never end i'm like yeah. oh my gosh i gotta no- i gotta knock some of these off here can't keep pumping out <laughs> i more can't seasons. watch everything from every time a new season starts i can't start something from the beginning no keep up with it no right. no 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 right. no no well the other th- the other uh major thing that recently dropped on netflix hit us hit it what is it Working Mom season oh six. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Binged it all yesterday, baby. It was uh, it was good. Uh, oh, oh, times never times, seen a bit of it. Moments like this, I wish I had Michael back here to talk to about this show. But uh, we had a brief conversation about season six and some changes they've made in it. This is the Catherine Reitman uh, series. Uh, it's, it's on a, some Canadian channel up there. And then much like Riverdale, uh, once the season airs, it shows up on, uh, Netflix sometime Ah. soon. So, um, what did our ex resident working mom have to say about it? Well, uh, we talked about, it's got a, it's got a cliffhanger ending that was pretty shocking. Um, Uh. he thought that I, I agreed. My wife agreed. Um, we were all kind of like, is this the end of the show? There has to be a season seven. I had to immediately Google it to find out, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but it, it was good. Uh, I thought it was a little better in last season. Kind of got a little bit back to the regular, non not as crazy storyline. Um, I've talked in seasons past. I've talked about the, the Jenny character. She's the Asian character from the early seasons that they uh, just was terrible. The actress was terrible. The store, her character was terrible. Everybody hated her. They, uh, kind of almost, almost took her off the show, but she kind of had like her own storyline going for a couple years where she had no, no interaction with the other main characters to the point where they brought her back in because one of the working moms isn't on the show anymore. And so they brought Jenny back in and, and really it was entertaining. They made a point to acknowledge 
they kept saying, oh, you remember when this happened? You remember when this happened? She kept going, no, I wasn't around. I didn't go to that. I didn't do that. So that was pretty entertaining. That gave me some real good payoff for that show. But um, it wasn't as... The plot lines weren't quite as comedic this year. Uh, a little bit more serious dealing with um, some new characters um, and the the, the moms uh, de- really they've always kind of been like the workaholic type of type of women. You know, the career always gets put first in front of the kids, in front of the family, which is fine. They're very successful. This season was kind of like, hey, what's the limit on that? So um, that's kind of the major plot point throughout the episodes. I think it's 13 episodes. Um, a couple of them were stinkers, but in the end, it kind of brought it back up. Um, great ending uh, and really did a nice job of having the storyline. The two central characters, um, Anne and Catherine Reitman, uh, are, are, you know, they have a storyline of being friends growing up since they were 18 years old and kind of, it was interesting this year. We finally got to the point where they came to realize that maybe they're holding on to the version of each other or who they were when they were 18 and they needed some time away. They needed to uh, grow up a little bit and kind of reassess their relationship with each other to, uh, in order to get to a better place. So working mom season six, baby. Don't guilt those working moms. They oh, got to work. They has got to work. Absolutely. Speaking of Canadian comedies, my biggest surprise oh. of the week was brand new kids in the hall. Full frontal on Amazon prime. is lifted and the kids are back. Guys, I knew we should have cryogenically frozen our bodies. Well, who's financing this time? The devil again? Well, sort of. Amazon. Are you crazy? Oh, all hands on deck. Do you know what Amazon wants from Kids in the Hall? Y- yes, Don, a, f- a funny show, but one that is free of targets. <gasps> topical topics it's all a government conspiracy alarming edginess or unsettling settings i now declare the last glory hill open for business so we all agree that gender parity is a good thing this is a bad idea fun fox not so sorry i've opened a can of worms haven't i a customer just ordered the dr bleu sauvage and then call it a pie <gasps> We're going to have to burn the place to the ground. What's the big idea for hit characters? Back off, pigs, or the tower gets cracked. Oh, you will be eradicated. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, eight episode revival of the sketch comedy series, and I thought it was excellent. It was really, really well done. It was funny. Um. I adored that show when it was originally on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadian comedy troupe formed in 1984 with a show that ran from 89 to 95. A ton of memorable characters and recurring bits uh, produced by Lorne Michaels. And I saw an interview where Lorne 
constantly asked, like, why don't you bring back this character? Why don't you have that character on every show? Why don't you have this catchphrase more often? Like, the way he runs Saturday Night Live, you know, run a catchphrase into the ground. And they're yeah. like, we only do characters when we think it's funny or when it, we have a new idea. And that's what this was. I kind of expected these guys to come back in their late 50s, early 60s, be like, let's do a greatest hits. Let's have all our old favorite characters. And this was mostly new stuff. There were some old favorites peppered in, but very few of the skits were like based around, okay, we got to have the head crusher come in. Like he just kind of worked, they worked him in at the end of a, di a different skit. So I, a lot of effort, like the show didn't need to be, <laughs> it didn't need to have as much effort as it did or creativity. And they, they really went all out and like did a lot of new kind of daring stuff, I would say. So I, I loved it. A lot of nude daring <laughs> stuff. I think that was the first episode. There's some, <laughs> You know what you're in for. Yeah, I, have, I haven't checked this out, but I, I, uh, I remember watching the kids in the hall in the '90s and discovering it, and just thinking this is some crazy comedy. And it's but uh, different than the mainstream, yeah. Yeah, but I always really enjoyed it. In fact, um, I knew this was coming. I I actually didn't realize it was out already. So yeah. I'm gonna have to backtrack and find a way to work that in sometime. It's just eight half-hour episodes, so not a ton, but I I very much enjoyed it. And as I'm after I watched it, I, I read a couple interviews and we I was thinking because there's a, a you know there's a moment one of them like is humming a song. I'm like, wait, I know that song. I had to Google it. It's like, oh, that's that's Kit. So I was like watching old old clips <laughs> from the show. So I kind of and I, so I got to thinking, well, when did I watch it? I I wouldn't have watched that. You know, I watched it in college in reruns, I know. Like, every night it was on at, you know, 7 p.m. on Comedy Central or mm -hmm. whatever it was when I was in college. I was like, did I watch it earlier? So I was kind of backtracking and thinking, when was I watching these shows? And I was looking up sketch comedy, and I accidentally made a top ten. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to sneak in an inadvertent and unauthorized top ten sketch comedy shows for Jordan Lowe. Okay. <laughs> if this is against the rules, cut my mic, but I'm doing it. So, uh, you got the veto right ready. Correct. Right <laughs> <laughs> so these are the, I love sketch comedy. I'm a comedy fan. And these are the shows that kind of defined my comedy upbringing. We'll say, so if you want a child to have my exact sense of humor, spend the next a 40 child? years, right? Take a wow, child have to freaking take a child yes. and put them start. Through we got to start young. You got to take a child and for the next 40 years, submit them, submit them to all these shows in this order. On a loop. Right. <laughs> don't know. Second thought. Don't do that. Cause <laughs> you turned out them. just the world doesn't need it. How happy this will right. make them. <laughs> all right. So I'm not counting some of the classics. That everybody loves like laughing smothers brothers. Your show shows the Sid Caesar. I'm too. I'm too young for that stuff. So, uh, SCTV. <laughs> I was a little too young for that. Saturday Night Live. I wasn't allowed to watch that for the longest. You're not time. even including Saturday Night Live. No, Saturday Night Live. Ten. Saturday Night Live. Sketch comedy shows. No, of all Saturday Night Live is like no, wallpaper. It's just cut, always cut him off. Cut him no, off. Doesn't count. And then, like most of the recent stuff, like Tim and Eric, all the all the modern weird stuff, is not my cup of tea. So, I'm we're I'm narrowing very this down real fast. What is left? All right, so here's the top ten. 
I'm going to go, This so this is like chronologically. This is how these shows affect me. One, Carol Burnett Show, 1967. My mom adored the Carol Burnett Show, so it was on a lot at the house. I remember watching it and like... I whistle that at time. work all the time, the theme song. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> so glad we had this time together. <laughs> So yeah, watching great, great. watching the, them try to crack each other up and there's on this like your new dress so in the window. I just had to have it. <laughs> classic. Miss Sue Higgins. All anyway, I'll just I'll just start quoting Carol Burnett. Great Go on. Um, Monty Python's Flying Circus, 1969. So this was the cult cult favorite. Many comedians adore. Uh, I probably got around to it in like junior high. My older brother had some VHS tapes he had dubbed off things. I'd never seen anything like it. It was the the smartest, silliest stuff I'd ever seen in my life. Still love it to this day. Uh, I'm gonna say next was 1990 in Living Color on Fox. Yeah, Fly Girls. So this, yeah, this is probably the first one I watched as they were coming out new, and like. This is kind of dangerous. This so, is kind of this is kind of dirty. You, you weren't allowed to watch Saturday Night Live, but you no, got to watch. I did. I, <laughs> hey, who knows? No, okay. my mom always said it's on that late for a reason. I was not allowed to watch Saturday Night Live like during the classic years because it's on that late mm. for a reason. But Kids in the Hall was on, or uh, In Living Color was on like eight p.m. So that yeah. had to be fine, right? S- <laughs> SNL was like a religion to us in junior high. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Oh, those were the Sandler yeah. and Farley and Mike Myers years yeah. for me. Yeah, and all my friends were talking about it the next week at school, and I had no idea. Yeah, it was like, that's not going to be in my top ten someday. No. <laughs> so early 90s would have been Kids in the Hall. Uh, yeah, just the weird, offbeat cousin of Saturday Night Live. Probably. Uh, five, I'm saying The State, 1993 on MTV, lasted four seasons. Again, smart and ridiculous, and ev- everyone on that show has gone on to have a long career in comedy, a million other things. Uh, then Mr. Show in 1995 on HBO, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. They had a genius way of connecting every skit. So there was a through line. Everything led to the next thing, and every, every, every sketch ended in a way that started the next skit, like just the construction of it was genius any carly show anywhere no i I didn't watch that for the few episodes it was on so these i'm not saying fate these are like the ones that influenced me or that like yeah all right number seven probably the most underrated thing on this list upright citizens brigade uh comedy central 1998 the last of three seasons those were three of my four years in college this was on and this this was can't miss the the best comedy I can remember, like just can't, couldn't wait till the next episode aired. This was Amy Poehler and three other dudes who aren't quite as famous, but you'd recognize them. So just, again, they had a very connected way. They, they had a good storytelling sense of, they had a bunch of weird, different skits. And then by the end of the episode, they all piled together in some way that made perfect sense, even though they were all completely separate, but if, if I don't know what I don't know that this show is streaming anywhere, it used to be on DVD the first couple of seasons. I don't know how you would even watch this show, but you you probably everything's would. on YouTube. It's amazing. Yeah, because uh, actor Ian Roberts just popped up on Mr. Mayor playing an astronaut. 
And th there was a recurring joke when Upper Sisters Brigade how they hate astronauts. And I just started, that's the hardest I laughed at Mr. Mayor was thinking back to Upper Sisters Brigade. Wow. And I, I had to go on YouTube and watch the skit where they, the, the redneck was yelling at the astronaut because it's amazing. Uh, number eight, say Chappelle Show, 2003, Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Again, that's the one that had everybody talking. Like you couldn't miss that. Everyone, you know, every episode had a, a, a new quote that people were spouting each other. Nine would be another recommendation called that Mitchell and Webb look, a British show, uh, 2006 on the BBC. These are the guys behind Peep Show. They after that scripted show, they went into a sketch comedy show. The most famous bit is probably the one with the Nazis, where he says, "Hans, are we the baddies?" That has become a meme yeah. in recent years of the guy in the right. Nazi uniform with a skull. You know, we're wearing skulls. Is that that's usually the bad guys, right? <laughs> uh, and then my last one, I said Key and Peele, 2012, Comedy Central. That's probably the last one that I thought was super innovative and and captured the you know the culture of the moment. So those are my top ten sketch comedy influential shows of Jordan Lowe's entire life. Wow, you're welcome. A little uh. It's like a ambush here with top ten list. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, I feel it's like, like hey we're guys, gonna have to come back hey, every episode with a new what, list. I didn't, though. I didn't want to veto, so I had to get in. Yeah, and I feel like uh, I can't wait to ambush you guys with a top ten. Mm. You can't do it. It felt like a Seth move. I, I didn't want to do it, but then I thought WWSD, and I thought yeah. Seth would definitely do a surprise top. 10. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely going to now <laughs> if he hadn't before. <laughs> Get ready. Wow, I don't even know where to go from there. I'm a little disappointed oh, there was no Fridays on yeah, that list, but like, I mean, come on. It's like a, someone took advantage of me or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, something Jordan did not watch and has not watched for the past <coughs> six seasons. Oh, no. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, we finally got that, uh, we got the wrap-up as on uh, This Is Us, final season. We've talked a lot of shit about well, it. There's one episode left, right? There's one episode left. There is? I believe so, yes. Do you not know that th this? I that did not know episode? that. I'd looked uh, yesterday, I think, because I was like, was that the was that the finale? I, I totally thought crying, it was. Did I have you crying so hard you missed that it wasn't? Oh, my God. There's there's one more episode called the that episode was called the train. Yeah. And next week next week is the final episode called us. Oh my god! It just blew your mind. <laughs> I just blew your I mind. I don't know if I it's can. It's like sit. a bonus. It's I like can't a bonus. Sit through another one of these. You're all start drinking water. Chug water. My God! I tell <laughs> you what. I came home from work on Wednesday. And uh, we finally settled down. I think I'll, I think Carly went to bed, and uh, I was like, "Okay, I'm going to watch it." And my wife Alicia come over and she goes, "You're not going to watch this right now, are you?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, You're like, yeah, I, I am, need a good cry." She, she said, "I am not emotionally prepared to watch this." <laughs> I'm and, pretty sure. I, I there's a there's one more episode. Oh my god! I mean, right there, it says it. Seriously, I before I push play, I walked over to the other side of the couch, grabbed the box of tissues, 
brought him. They have to have, they can't just end us. with that with her. There has to be a like a one where they kind of decompress from that and see what goes from here, you know. So Wow. So Yes. Yeah. So we've had the last three episodes, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. I didn't know. There we was did not one like more. the first half of the season. I did no, not was, like the first half. It was terrible. It was awful. We it was just a big, big sad, big, big mad fest of like people acting out of character and was annoying. Right. Now right. we're now we're getting to the the weeping stuff. The, oh, they have it has taken a turn with these last episodes <laughs> in the right direction. Um, I mean, I still, I will, I will, I do have to say that I, I still have a complaint that they could have. <laughs> when you have a time traveling show, mm-hmm. you could have done more than what you are doing, but you're they're nailing it, making people cry. Yeah, but that's but you for could sure. have really like set something up years ago to pay off now. That of really course, yeah, uh, yeah. Looking back, of course, but these last three episodes we've had a, at this point in time. We had Kate's wedding, strong episode, um, way better than I expected because at, at the point I watched this one, I was just like, this sucks. So, but yeah, the, the Kate's wedding episode really, you know, I thought it, I thought, okay, we'll watch that. It was pretty good. Had some moments in there. Um, I felt better about her getting married to this other guy and, and the, kind of bring in the because when we first saw that saw that there was a wedding happening i don't even know if that guy was on the show yet Ooh, maybe just barely like that like we didn't know whose wedding that was for a long time right that was pretty cool right so and, and they they did toby some justice i thought because uh, they really spent a lot of effort into making him into this bad guy i felt like personally and, and really kind of drugging through the mud. Um, but they, they, they redeemed themselves. The writers did a little bit with that. Um, and giving us some closure on their relationship and, uh, just generally making us, you know, like, Oh, okay. Everything's going to be all right. There's going to be somewhat of a happy ending there. They're not going to hate each other, that type of thing, right? I saw somebody, uh, I was looking at something yesterday, and I saw somebody's last name was R-A-N-D-O-L, and all I could think. (laughs) 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 So, um, corn sandwich. (laughs) So that was good, right? That was good. Then uh, they came back the following week, and we had the, uh, the Miguel episode. So Miguel's been, you know, he's been a, a a major character. He's been in all these scenes, but, you know, to this point, how how well do we really know Miguel? And it's kind of a shame that we had to wait all the way till the end of the series. But but I thought that was pretty good. It was really nice. I like that actor and um, giving us a little bit more uh, history this year between him and the Rebecca after Jack has died and, and how that all worked out and uh, made him a lot more likable. And um, so when, you know, spoilers here, guys, but uh, at the end of this, you know, when he passes on before Rebecca shocker, but then, you know, it really did. It was like, oh my gosh, like why I shouldn't, you know, I didn't expect to feel this way about this character. 
Um, so, so that was a really good episode. Had the baseball and given us his family history and him, you know, and uh, I assume it was Puerto Rico. Um, I'm not exactly, uh, the, I don't exactly remember, the, but the, him, him as a little kid. The baseball, I was like, oh, this is going to make me cry. Yeah. Some baseball. Yeah. Playing baseball, playing baseball and watching Roberto Clemente and and really hit you in the nostalgia there. Um, the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was good stuff. Good stuff with his dad and kind of bringing it around all the way on him and, and his relationship with his son that's been awkward um, or non-existent. And then <laughs> we get to that train episode and uh, this is all, you know, the end I thought of the series. Apparently, I'm wrong, but yeah. but it, but you know, this is you shouldn't have told him. He just never watched the last episode. Oh yeah. man, I, I would have never months, known. I'm like Cliff. Guess what? I would. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I want to watch the last episode now. Yeah. So this was like the Polar Express. Yeah. Uh, from an I don't. I mean, it was just very strange. It was strange, doing, but. Yeah, we get uh, the but, end of for Rebecca and uh, and uh, her journey on that train. We had a little thing with the train earlier in the season with her dad. She said she always rode the train with her dad or whatever. She couldn't remember the word caboose. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, it, for some reason... <laughs> yeah, I remember I was going to... Yeah, I can't say it now either. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're getting scenes of her, of Rebecca um, on her final journey and people that uh, she's seeing people from her life in different versions and um, actors that were have been on the show in past seasons that have moved on, um, which was really good. I really enjoyed that. But uh, the stuff of the family dealing with her death or approaching death was what made the episode. And I was just like, man, this is, you know, they're doing the show right is what I thought. Um, but them going in one is by that one. Where Mandy Moore sang the song. No. Come on, ride Not, the train. I was at the wedding. Yeah, Come at the train. Ride yeah. The train. yeah. Choo, choo, ride yeah. it. Ride like a very it. somber ride the train. I think she sang some soul asylum there too. Something about a train, a runaway train. Um, crazy train is Ozzy. Crazy train. Oh, oh, she sang all those songs. Yeah, she is no, screaming. I, I, I. <laughs> no, no, and and uh, it was the wedding. The wedding episode. The big emotional moment of that episode was uh, she. Of course, you know she has dementia. Um, she's not always present, and uh, she's, she's gonna, supposed to sing. She's going to perform her wedding, and and everybody's like worried that she's not going to be able to do it because she halftime she doesn't know who anybody is. Right. She gets up there at the end, and she sits down. It's like the music brings her back enough, and she starts singing, and it is the the wordless theme song that we've been listening to for six years. She now has words, and that is the song she is singing. So it kind of blew everybody away. Like this, yeah. this is what she's singing. Like nobody was expecting. That. No, not at all. That so, was great. Great moment. It all hits me at once, forever now. If there's a right way to say. I'm still 
But uh, but as they at at the uh, as she's passing away, um, each character coming in and kind of saying what they need, you know, saying their goodbye. Uh, the great the first one I think was Beth in the room is a great moment, one of the best moments. That was the, the best one. Yeah, like they started absolutely. with the best one. I was kind of annoyed. Yeah. You know what really really sucks is like this. I don't know if you guys have ever had this situation. I've literally done this where mm-hmm. you. I have stood in the room when my mom died and it was just like this. Yeah. Like it was very, uh, kind of rough to watch that, but it was like, this is exactly, you just, they tell you, you know, these hospice workers can tell when the person is going to die. They don't, and there's a lot of people, you know, like conspiracy theories that, that your hospice worker is given something to them and, you know, to, you know, people worry that they're like, are you doing something to like cause them to die now? How do you know? You know, they, oh, they're not, Lord. they're no. not, no. they know when, you know, how this works, they know what to watch for. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's just like, they knew and that you go in there and try to reassure them as they die. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, it was definitely that what they were showing on the show yeah my um i have an aunt um she's retired now but she worked in a in a nursing home for 30 35 years something like that retired a few years ago uh but i i didn't realize that i'd never really been through that until until my grandparents and like she's like you know she was there the whole time and had been through it so countless times before and she's tell, you know kind of guiding me through this and tell me what's happening and all that stuff what to expect and i was just like oh my gosh like you know i have a new respect for you <laughs> for for you know almost your expertise in this almost but yeah, yeah it was crazy it's a crazy experience but yeah we um we you know we definitely felt this episode uh cuz in our heads it's it was the last one apparently so uh (laughs) so anyways all of that happened i encourage anyone if you have not watched this series go back and and start it take the time because i I really felt felt you know for the even the we probably started watching it for the wrong reasons on on the gimmicky time travely stuff but it was really written pretty pretty well through the whole thing there weren't too many uh slow episodes or stinkers in there up until you know this season but that i i was i was happy with the comeback and and how it how it's ended so well then you just stop there yeah i think i'm done there's no need (laughs) 
Oh, I I'll, I'll pick another channel here. This is a, okay. I'm the only one. I'm the only one with this channel. I have Paramount Plus, so I've been watching all that stuff. This this channel is like, I don't foresee it lasting. Like somebody's gonna buy it out or something. Somebody's gonna do something, but, but they're trying like heck and pumping content into here. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason I have it at all is because it's my only way really of watching Survivor and Big Brother. And along with that, I get all the live feeds and stuff for Big Brother when that happens. So that's good. But the things that I've been watching the last little bit were, uh, well, they had put the, that Jackass Forever movie on there. So I watched that. Okay. It was good. Uh, they've, that Lost City movie with uh, um, Channing Tatum and Sandra mm-hmm. Bullock or whatever and Brad Pitt. I haven't watched it, but it just popped up on there. They've got all that MTV challenge stuff is now on there. The <laughs> all stars thing. And, and they're redoing those real world seasons. They've got all these reunions. They had that reunion. You and I watched yeah. of uh, New York the first season. Mm. Then they did, they do now that they do, you know, they just do a season or like seven or eight episodes with those people try basically living where they lived before or close mm. to it. And they did the, the second season of Real World, and now currently they're doing New Orleans. Yeah, I saw the commercial for it. It's pretty crazy, but it's a, it's good. It's good to see how these people are, and some of them are still very bigoted. You know, <laughs> and, and things like learn, learning, or they get to look back. Some of them look back, and they're just like, "I can't believe I acted like that to you," or like you know, it's it's really interesting. It's yeah, because like in. I have a very, like, I, I know I watched season one a million times. And then, yeah. of course, I remember I remember a, quite a bit from L.A. And I uh, I remember San Francisco. And beyond that, I... Yeah, I, can't, well, I wish they would do three so bad. Yeah. Get some Puck, Judd yeah. Winnick, uh, get them all in there. Right, fight it out. But Fight it out. But, but yeah. yeah, a lot of those I watched... I know I watched them, but I'm like, I don't really rem- remember a whole lot about it, or I don't remember. Well, they show the a lot people. of clips as you're watching these. Mm-hmm. They show a lot of clips of like how they acted, and then like they kind of are having to deal with that now. It's it. It, this, this season's good. The other thing I tried, I am not a Star Trek person. Oh, I'm so this. glad you watched it. I did too. I, how did you watch it? Uh, the first episode. I just watched one episode, but the first okay. episode was available yeah. on YouTube for free. Yeah, I am not a Star Trek fan, but I was hearing so much talk about Strange New Worlds. It just came out, and I'm like, well, I've already paid for this. Like, I might yeah. as well check it out. Because they had Discovery. I've never watched any of that, mm-hmm. and it, it's got okay reviews. They had Picard, and it's got not very good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Strange New Worlds is getting great reviews. Got Anson Mount as Christopher Pike, and this is a prequel, just like Discovery was, I guess. Yes. Yeah, is... So he he was on a season <coughs> of Discovery. Okay. Okay. And I didn't. I haven't watched all. I've watched a couple episodes, is all. Right. But I remember talking to Michael about uh, that show a little bit, and um, yeah, he was on because it was it had some time travel type stuff in it and uh some multiverse stuff in it 
And so this is coming off of that. Okay. Yeah, so this is supposed to be five years or so before Kirk. Kirk's mission. And it's just like very positive. Got a young Ohura, a young Spock, uh, and then a bunch of whoever's. There's some guy with the last name Kirk. Who, who's Samuel Kirk? Who I think is that's, that? I'm, I'm thinking that's his dad. It can't be his dad. It's five years, and this guy's basically the same age as what Kirk would be. So there's no way hmm. he's Kirk's dad. So I don't know who he is, but I think we're going to see Kirk, the you know, because James T. at some point in this in, series. In the, I don't yeah, know who I'm this sure. guy is. I'm sure. In the movie version that J.J. <laughs> did, Chris yeah. Hemsworth played Kirk's dad, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I don't know then, but I, want, I, I remember, I can't keep track of it. Yeah. Though. I remember the original series watching the reruns on that. And I yeah. remember that, that weird episode that had, you know, Pike in the, in the chair thing all melted and just as a little kid being like, wow, that's really weird. I don't understand this because, you know, yeah, well, I don't know. Didn't know, know about that. I just know in this, he is like, saw his future mm-hmm. and he saw, you know, he sees that that happens to him. And he's like, he's dealing with that as they're doing these missions. He knows right. that in he few years, he's going to be melted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the, so. he, uh, the um, Captain Pike was the original captain in the pilot. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember vaguely. Yeah. This. Then they took what happened. It, wasn't it black and white or something? And then. No, it wasn't black and white, but it looked different. And the show, I think, was reworked immediately after the pilot was made. And in the first episode of the new show, I think it was called The Cage, they used footage of Christopher Pike and re- uh, kind of rewrote it. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a new story for that. Yeah. Kirk and Spock and the trial or something or other um, that I have, you know, somewhat hazy memories of. So. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, so what do you think of it? Pretty show. Great. It's pretty. Great, you know, vibrant. I like this Spock. I like the Spock. I like his voice. I like him better than Zachary Quinto. Yeah, he sounds like Leonard Nimoy more in the way he talks. Um, His look is a little in, but I'm okay with it. So The uh, Hura's good. She's like the focus of the second episode. Mm. Um, I didn't like the third episode, like. It was fine, but I I was actually bored by it. No, I haven't heard anybody else complain about it, but I really like the first two episodes. Okay, so I'll I'll watch another one and see if I'm still into it. But it's just a very positive. Like we are gonna when Anson Mount is like a killer captain. He is. He is just like he has this perfect quaff of hair, and it's just <laughs> like he is just like the way he delivers that line. They're like, "What are we gonna do?" He's like, "We're gonna boldly go." Where no man's yeah. gone before, and yeah. so, and he just like gives the Star Trek line perfectly. So good. I'm like, I'm like, you better believe we are. I want to go on this ride <laughs> now. And um, I mentioned to Michael in that first episode the <laughs> the the first officer, not Re- Rebecca Romaine, but the first yeah. officer. Um, her right. name. She has Khan's name. Yeah, she's, some she's related. To, she's related to Khan. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I was like, Michael didn't even catch it. And I was like, How did you miss this? Like she said, yeah. her name. I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. So for yeah, Star Trek, that's that's talked about a little bit. In the okay. Third episode stuff, but that you know, it's 
it's like I said, it's it's got some positives. I, I guess something else I want to talk about. Well, I, I love it because they got Fox News Drugo in social media last week. That was oh, pretty sweet. Too woke. It's there was woke a, Star Trek. An op-ed with the title: Star Trek writers take Starship Enterprise where it's never gone before. Woke politics. The fact it's that like they... if that if that is not the nail in the coffin of how dumb <laughs> this whole woke thing is, it should be because. To think Star Trek is too woke somehow, and that Star Trek's never been political before. Yeah. It's oh never had God. progressive they values. Used, what are you talking they about? They used yes footage of January sixth in they the did. first episode. I was like, oh, this like, is the biggest troll ever. Uh, if that's not woke politics, Jordan, I don't know what's that. <laughs> anyway, it was it was well, it was an interesting moment how they used that. I was just like, wow, there. They went there. They went there, and they're like, like it is it. the it is the most unapologetically progressive liberal show ever <laughs> Always created, that, right? yeah. for decades, long, for yeah. sixty years. The first, I love and all that's of a sudden a, that's the one that's the one thing they may get away with everything and ruin our lives with their constant lie and all this stuff, but but Republicans have lost all media, <laughs> uh, all content. There is no yeah. content for Republicans no. anymore. Mm-hmm. They have to just watch Duck Dynasty, and I freaking love it. Pillow <laughs> commercials. Yeah. It's yeah. like you guys don't get, they don't get to have anything. There's nothing they can love anymore. No. And I, I, I just think that's great because that's they realize the, that all this stuff. That's a pretty sad existence. Yeah, it, but, exactly. But we Meanwhile, are, I get all the content, and I can't even keep yeah, up with it. We, we can't wa- get it in. Uh, there's not enough hours in the day, but we're talking about a show that had the first interracial kiss yeah. on television. Right. Yeah, right. come on, right. good lord. So if that ain't woke, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so while we're on the CBS channel thing, I got a question for you because I'm watching. Hey, has Carly been watching any Survivor? I no, she hasn't had time lately. Um, yeah. Summer's right around the corner, so yeah, she'll she'll be into it. Anyway, they kind of rebooted themselves with season 41 and 42. They <laughs> 41 and 40. Oh my god. That's cra- crazy. There's two every year. They uh ca- tried a slightly different format and basically basically shortened the season. Same number of people, but instead of there being 3 days between each vote out, there's only two. So they just kind of speed up the game. But they had some interesting things along the way that they did for one season. And then while they were getting ready to put that season out, they put they did another season with the same format. And these people had not seen haven't seen the first one. So there's no spoilers for them basically on what was going to happen to them either. Yeah. So they basically did the same thing these two seasons in a row. And they're both really good seasons. Like uh, I'm I'm firmly enjoying them. But there's this one mechanic that they did twice now, and it really bugs me what happened. But they did a let's make a deal scenario and to a player that, you know, they kind of gambled on something and lost. So now they, it came down to a, here's three boxes, pick one. one. One of them you open, you get to stay in the game. The other two, you're out, right? And both times. No deal, Howie. Uh, blow yeah, out no. their candles. Right. <laughs> no, both times the person did not do it. The 
I'm going to, you'll love this, Jordan. You will love this because you, you will think that you will love that. I'm frustrated by this, by the math. And you'll, yeah, you'll be like, see, it doesn't matter. The math doesn't matter, but they mathematically did it wrong and still stayed in the game both times. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to people why they're wrong. Even if they stayed and won, got it right. They're wrong. Are you familiar with the Monty Hall problem? The let's make a deal scenario? Like there is math to this. If you are on let's make a deal and there's three doors. Right. And they say, pick a door and you pick it and they haven't opened it yet. And then they show you one of the other doors and that's like a goat behind it. Yeah, the odds changed at that point. Yeah, there's a goat behind it. And now they ask you, do you want to switch? Like you pick door number one, they show you door number two and there's a goat. Do you want to keep door number one or do you want to take door number three? What do you do? You take the goat. No, wait, I forget. I don't what would you I do? Just, I know I've heard do? this before, but I don't. Well, I, it, yeah, you don't have to get it right. I'm just curious what your instinct is. To I think the instinct is switch because you, like you, you, Something about our psychology is like, wait, I, I maybe I did it wrong. Yeah. What would you do, Cliff? I stick with my gut feeling. I stick okay. with the first one. Yeah, yeah. I. That's the instinct. Is everybody's instinct is to stick with the first one because they think, I took this, and you, and now you've proven that one of those other ones is wrong. So I'm sticking with my first pick. I'm going to hate myself if I switch now, and this is it. And both times the people stuck with their original pick and they had picked right from the beginning. And that is the wrong answer <laughs> because you should always switch because you increase your odds by doing that. And I will do it. Does anybody know why you increase your odds? I mean, it still feels no. like 50, 50 here. I mean, <laughs> like yeah. You this door yeah. They're taking away. You had a one in three chance and they took away a chance. Now you've got a one in two chance. Right. But if you think of it like this, if we never opened any of the doors and you pick one and then you know that one of the other doors is bad and one of the, at least one of the other doors is bad, right? You know that already. Yeah. So you don't have to show me a goat right. to scare me off. If I if that if at the beginning I said okay do you want to keep door number one or do you want doors number two and three, you have sixty six percent chance versus thirty three percent chance, so you should always switch because technically you're getting the other two doors, but no but, but they didn't do it and it bugged the hell out of me and they and they won anyway and didn't nobody learned nobody in America learned anything <laughs> that bugs me. There was one guy sitting on the jury that was whispering. He's like, you always switch. You always switch. <laughs> He's like, mm. He was blown away. Anyway, I just wanted to bitch about that for a minute, that nobody knows game theory. Well, now, there you go. That's what you tune in for, folks. I am loyal to a fault. That's why <laughs> I have followed the Browns all these years, no matter how many chances I get. And take the goat. Yep. You take the goat. <laughs> uh, it's like they they always do the prisoner dilemma on all these things. And people are, people are like, they don't know what the prisoner's dilemma is. It's like, come on. You shouldn't be playing these games. Don't know what you're doing. Hmm. Anybody been watching anything else? 
I have a correction to make. Uh oh. I said that guy played an astronaut on Mr. Mayor. I was wrong. It was, a, it was American <laughs> Auto on NBC. So, oh, ah. okay. okay. I don't want any cards or letters. Ian Roberts was in American Auto. No cards or letters. No, please, please, no tweets. No, don't at me. Don't. Um, <laughs> Do not at him. Uh, you guys will at me for this, but I feel we're contractually obligated. We have to wrap up Moon Knight. I Ugh. know you guys oh, don't care. Yeah. I forgot about it. <laughs> I don't want to leave people hanging on the... Yeah. Uh, we liked it. It was a real strong start. Next two episodes kind of tipped. So where did five and six leave you? Where did you Where did you end on Moon Knight? I literally don't remember what where happened. I started. It took me a week to watch it. To watch the finale because I knew it was going to be a chore, and I just didn't care. I don't remember. I do not right, remember. So what we left off. Spoilers for Moon Knight episode five. He's still in the psych ward, mm. which is also kind of the Egyptian afterlife. They're on the boat. Yeah, the ship full of With all the their life's memories. Um, the hearts are out of balance, so they're trying to balance. You have to balance and complete your hearts between the two of them. We get flashbacks of his little brother being killed in a cave, and he thinks it's all his fault. Uh, we get a little bit of the origin story, how he was discharged from the military and went to work for his old commanding officer, a guy named Bushman. And he was killed and was dying at the feet of this statue of Conchu in a temple, trades his life to Conchu to become his avatar. So basically, like the first issue of the comic, I, I went back and looked at it, and that, that, that flashback scene was pretty spot on of the, the actual comic book origin. So that episode was the fight between the souls, like the zombies climbing over the, the edge of the boat, trying to balance the scales. And it ends in the field of reeds. He gets to the afterlife after uh, Mark does. Steven Mark falls does. overboard. Steven protects him and gets knocked overboard. And Mark ends up in the gladiator afterlife yeah. field of reeds thing. So that was five. And six was the big battle, the big god fight, where we had giant kaiju gods in the background. Um, and we got uh, Hero uh, Freeze, Amit, his his chosen god. And so Layla freed Conchu, and that's where the big fight took off. And uh, Mark left heaven to rescue Steven. Tells him, you were the only superpower I ever had. Mark revives. We have a good bro moments. The two halves of his personality combine. Uh, we get a pretty uh, obvious uh, foreshadowing that, he, that we need to imprison Amit in a mortal form. We need more avatars to do it. So what's going to happen? Layla becomes the avatar of the hippo lady whose name I never caught. Uh, yeah. They they double team Harrow in a big action scene. He says, are you an Egyptian superhero? Or the kid says, are you an Egyptian superhero? Very blatantly. And she says, I am. So she had a cool suit with wings and swords and things. So um, so they they, they, they beat Harrow together, basically. He's kind of flipping between the two suits and the two personalities. Defeats him. But they bind Amit to Harrow. And Mark has a choice at that point. You got to kill him, right? Well, no, he has a choice. He's not like these other two gods. He has a choice and decides he won't kill him. So Kanchu keeps his end of the bargain and releases Mark as his avatar. And he wakes back up in the institution. 
and then at the end there's two fish in the apartment they're kind of getting along together they're, they're kind of his, his mental health is is a, a little less shaky and then we get the post credit scene in uh Sinkovich psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. we meet limo driver jake lockley third personality that we were all waiting on and he says today is your turn to lose and he shoots arrow drives away and we realize Conchu let him go because he didn't need marker steven he's got jake so we leave at a point where there's obviously more story to tell whether that's going to be in the second season or he's going to show up in the movie or what's going to happen we don't know at this point but ah, it was it was a show i think it was a marvel show i really think the only thing anybody's going to remember of this show is that flash moment you know when he blacks out he went to and wakes force? up. Yes, when he runs, Moon Knight runs into the greatest speed moment force. in movie history. Yes, <laughs> and then that's how he wins the Oscar. Um, I really do. I think that's the only thing is just that that song. I think there and that, was an Oscar on that 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 shelf full of Avatar. Yeah, I think there was an Oscar. could have been. Um, I've seen some speculation of connection um from this series to black panther and uh apparently the the their god the panther god or whatever is featured on this show for a second when they're showing a bunch of the gods or whatever so that may play into uh wakanda forever which is coming other than that i i mean yeah i enjoyed it more you telling it and so i like your walking dead and midnight stories (laughs) yeah i think the actors again were great oscar isaac killed it i I don't know that he was given again it's a marvel curse you got to get the origin out of the way Mm -hmm. so you got to do the origin and you got to be interesting you got to do something new we haven't seen before and this just didn't seem like that it seemed like they kind of halfway did all that stuff they halfway told his origin it was halfway an interesting story it was a uh, you know, different setting, London and and Egypt. You know, it was outside. It was outside of New York. That was something different. We tried. Yeah. The the split personalities was interesting, but it just didn't all hold together. It just sort of. Right. They and I'm not, I'm not a biggest fan of the supernatural stuff and the, the the the, you know the 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 gods and the the, you know the mystical powers. Like he to me, Moon Knight. When I think of Moon Knight, I think of like a vigilante, like Batman prowling the rooftops at night i don't i don't think of magic and mysticism but i know that's his origin but it's just it's not what interests me about the character yeah they can't all be iron man uh i'll piggyback real quick um i know this is a long episode uh but i'll piggyback on your disney plus and uh i know we've been talking tv but I feel like this is the appropriate time. Just today, Disney Plus premiered the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Real Hollywood story. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the show that defined the generation and turned two unknown chipmunks into international superstars. But as success took Chippendale to new heights, to many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers, we were living the dream, dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no one ever imagined it could all come crashing down. 
by vanity. You look different. Hey, it's no secret I had the CGI surgery done. Consumed by temptation. My love of cheese got the best of me. I just love it so much. More, please. More, please. Is it possible that two living legends are destined to reunite? I'm thinking reboot. Nobody wants a reboot. Rangers. You need a disguise or something. Grab the first thing you can. Uh, what? And I know Jordan and I watched it. Um, I watched it. Did you watch it too? Okay, great. We all three watched it. Um, I, I really, I'm Jordan. I, thank you for saying something today, or I would probably would not have watched it. Well, or, I saw a lot of people talking about it. Was the thing all you know, week? I, everybody, I, nobody I, would I, shut up about it. Going, I knew. Yeah. The reviewers were like that saw it yeah. earlier were all like, it's freaking great. Hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot of there was a lot of buzz about it, and I kept seeing things about oh Sonic's gonna make a cameo. Can't you can't wait till this hilarious scene? And like, so you know, I, I knew people have been talking about it, so I was curious. And I grew up on that Disney afternoon stuff. Yeah. I, I have a soft spot. I can't tell you the last time I watched an episode. I don't know. I can't, you know, what's your favorite episode? I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. But I remember loving all that stuff. Tailspin, mm-hmm. Rescue Rangers, Gummy Bears, all those shows. So, you know. This, they need to th- do a Gummy Bears. Yeah. They do. That was when Disney Plus uh, premiered. <coughs> Alicia and I, those were two of the first shows we watched a, a few episodes of. Was One was Gummy Bears. The second one was Rescue Rangers. And, um, I don't think we've watched any since then really, but, but it was enough. Uh, it was fresh enough for me. I super enjoyed this movie. Um, the only, the only complaint, and it's not a complaint, but the only thing that threw me off were just their voices. Uh, I'm, you know, Disney kid parks guy and those Chippendale, those voices are like encrypted into my head somewhere and hearing John Mulvaney and, and Sandberg, uh, <laughs> close enough. Right. Uh, <laughs> but hearing those two guys come out of, come out of Chippendale was a little, uh, I was like, okay, but, but it, it worked for me. So the, the endless cameos and, uh, reminded me a lot of that first time I watched Robert Roger rabbit as a kid. And just seeing all these different characters on the screen, I was just like, "This is so cool." So, yeah, I, I, I thought all that was great. In fact, it, it kind of bugged me that, like, the way it started out, and you know, just seeing all these cartoon characters in the real world, I, it, I was annoyed that when it was done, that this, if they just punch this up a little more it should have been in theaters it, it yeah. bugs me that it's it, i mean i'm glad I, yeah i get it for free i don't have to go to the theater but mm-hmm. this should have been in theaters this was a total could have been a f- fun for the whole family yeah. show to go see Pe- yeah people would have went to this i think mm-hmm. i agree but yeah definitely a ton of references a lot of the blink and you'll miss it little wait is that that what was that and not all disney like they they worked out <laughs> I know yeah. Akiva Schaefer, the director, basically said, I know it's you know kind of gauche to thank your lawyers, but he's like, I really got to thank the lawyers who made all this work because we got we got away with a lot of stuff that involved cooperation with other companies yeah. and other properties. Right. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
and you know, like I said, it reminded me a lot of reminded me a lot of watching Roger Rabbit back in the day. But I I remember what a legal nightmare that movie was to make that Roger Rabbit movie. It like, was so huge. I feel I don't know. Maybe sometimes that's why it, it's streaming because it was like they kept it low stakes, so they didn't. Right. The lawyers could all calm down. Like yeah, it was like, I, if it was a theatrical thing where there's a chance of making a ton of money, Bugs Bunny had to have the same amount of screen time as Mickey Mouse and Donald and Daffy had to be on the screen at the same oh, time. Yeah. For, you know, it was a whole thing back then, um, which is why kind of why they never made another one, which is why, you know, Amblin still owns like half of that property um, to this day that they can't work anything out with. So I, it was great. I, I just way to go. Um, putting, you know, thank the lawyers or whatever, but putting the competition to the side a little bit just to make something fun and great and, and surprising. And not, and and it had a sweet message. Like it wasn't all like millennial snarky, like, yeah, this was so cheesy. (laughs) Ha ha reference, reference, reference. It was a lot of that, but it had a good wholesome sort of, you know, teamwork come together. Like I said, a family kind of feel good movie to it so yeah super cool yep, good one well the uh, last thing i'll say then is we did kind of mention movies i don't think i ever mentioned the northman that i saw and uh what's his name Skarsgård. i can't remember his yeah. first name there was a time months ago when i was going to this is odd <laughs> But at one point, he just annoyed me in something. I was like, I'm going to go on a rant about this Alexander Skarsgård. I think that's him. And I, I, because I don't like him in anything. Like, uh, there's nothing he's been in that I thought he wasn't just bland and looked like nothing to me. He didn't look, he looked like nothing to me. But I decided, to, as soon as I thought I was going to do that, I saw saw the trailer for The Northman, and I was like, well, wait, I'll give him another chance before I embarrass myself. <laughs> and That's funny, because I have the opposite opinion of Bjork, that I think she is magical in everything. Yeah. Well, she is, in, she is yeah. in that movie for about 30 seconds. That's, uh, that's enough. That's it enough. Is. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, this is uh, Edger's guy that did The Witch and the lighthouse both of i like the witch a little better than the lighthouse but he's just a odd right this this is my favorite of his so far and it is just like a amazing fantasy movie like this is what a conan movie should be uh it's just it's an epic fantasy tale that i thought it has a little bit you know of you know problems here or there but i freaking loved it a lot i loved it probably better than anybody (laughs) i mean people like the movie but i just thought it was so well done and epic super epic all the way to the end nicole kidman is great in it i find it interesting you're using the word fantasy because i assumed it was going to try to be very realistic it was going to try to be like this is what vikings were really like but you're saying it's there there are fantasy elements to it I saw a review that just what you said, they they were like, this is very comparable to Conan or this is Conan without a happy ending. Yeah, there's fa- It's more like, because yeah, it is this Viking Norse type thing where they have these fantastic beliefs 
and gods and such. So there might be like there are fa- there are fantasy elements that you don't know whether he's just envisioning that or whether it's really happening type thing. And so and the and the actual like climax and everything is too insane. Yes, it is. It could possibly happen. There's nothing, you know, unreal about it, but it's just, it would never happen. You know, it's just like, it's so well, it's so beautiful. The final, the final battle is amazing. There's like, I I call it in the middle, one of the, it's the greatest game of Quidditch ever played in this Viking uh, village. And it's just, the I would love to talk about it with somebody who's seen it. Like so, whenever you see it, I'd let, there's some things I like to talk about because just like little elements of thing. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays like the king, and there's a guy Fjolnir. You know, you've seen the trailer. It's it's I want to uh, avenge father, kill Fjolnir, save mother. That's the all through the trailer. So, but it as much as you think that is the cookie cutter, what is happening? It is much more to it than that there there is much more of another side to the story as you're watching it you're like is this really uh as he's seeing it or is there something else to it and i just thought it was great I, i i thought it was a phenomenal if you like fantasy this is like could be a story told in the world of skyrim type thing like just hmm very just brought to screen in such a beautiful way i don't i don't know if it could possibly make back the money that they had to put into it so uh just a phenomenal epic climax and i just thought it was great is well if it's not in my top five at the end of the year i will be surprised well i got out to see one of the ones in your top hundred oh yeah Everything, everywhere, all at once. Which I is think that, you, I didn't dig. Have I put this in my top one hundred? Didn't you say like? I said it might, might, might oh, be there. Oh, oh, yeah, this is the end I of think the, the night you saw it, you were, you were. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. You were like. I, I think I was saying the there's got to be something in there I can knock out. And put that in there. <laughs> have yeah. we? I don't even remember if you talked about this on the show. Have we? Have you I, mentioned that? I, I think I this much about what you said. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, had to take a road trip somewhere, drive through Athens. Just happened to drive through Athens on a Monday afternoon, and thought, "I'm gonna stop here and watch this movie." And I'm glad I did. This is the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh in a terrific performance. Kihai Kwan, who played uh, Short Round, and Data in the Goonies, is back and. Uh, I wish he had never left. Yeah. He's delightful. James Hong, National Treasure, Jamie Lee Curtis. All of good them stuff. were just, great. Just very, very good. Very, very weird. There weren't a whole lot of people in the theater. Um, there were an older couple who came in right after me and sat in front of me. And I thought, I don't know if they're going to dig this. <laughs> they stuck it out. A younger couple left halfway through. Wow! During a certain fight scene involving props, <laughs> yeah, that was too much for them, so they wow. left. I'm like, "You're like, how do you, how do you not, know, how do you not want to know where, <laughs> where, where this, this is going?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was weird. It was very, very weird. I could see people. You know, these are the directors of Swiss Army Man. I could see you not being on the right wavelength for it, and, and I was even 
I had been to a dentist that morning and got some strange news. And like, so my mind, I was distracted through it. Yeah. And there were some of the slower scenes. I find my, I find myself wondering, my mind wondering and thinking about other things and future dentist appointments and insurance and like things I didn't want to be thinking about. So this, you know, I, I, I wish I had seen the movie on a, on a, on a, you know, a simpler day, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was terrific. The, I just felt like, fault. I got distracted. Yeah. It was my own fault. I got distracted. Not I just feel like the climax again of that movie, like it builds and builds to such an emotional climax that was so satisfying to me. Everybody and it was good. The daughter was amazing. The you know, all of that. The the different, the multiverse of characters. The different the what is it? Tony Lung. Uh, is that the guy's name that it, it was clearly a in the mood for love oh yeah uh version of uh data and uh, i just like just i just loved that freaking movie so i i i can't wait till more people it it is just past it is now as of this week the best money maker for a24 ever it wow. passed uncut gems everything it, it's made fifty million dollars and just slowly building over these weeks. So, it's a success, and I, and I certainly I hope that those two get a best actor, best supporting actor actor thing. You know, at the end of the year, it's that the only thing holding them back is that it came out so early in the year because mm-hmm. they weren't expecting this. But Cliff, you got to get got to yeah. go see this movie. It, it's too. I will say like I I had a different you know way of watching i was that we there was a group of people that went to watch it we all loved it and la- laughed and cried all through it and it's just like it was a lot more people in the theater it's like man it really you feel the vibes of everybody in the room sometimes when you're watching really helps a movie but it was yeah, great it's definitely it walks a tightrope a lot like swiss army man that was a very touching movie absolutely but you had to get through the fart jokes like the fart, yeah but you had to integrate fart jokes yeah. with emotions you and had to be movie... able to do that like you yeah. have to be able to make there is a, an empty space in between those things that you have to make happen right and that and that that is what i'm trying to tell people about swiss army man and this movie does it too i think it's a little more capable of doing that i still like swiss army man better but i but i they're both they managed to make these crazy funny elements emotional and that i again they, they mentioned something some interview with the directors saying like okay we have people with hot dogs for fingers that's a funny gag but we want you to care about these hot dog people by the end of the movie. and like by the end of the movie it's one of the you sweetest scenes it's like oh the hot dog people yeah <laughs> you're like this is amazing <laughs> they paid it off ah I think we did it good stuff good i think news. we overdid it <laughs> so a few duds a few gems you know they're not all gonna be winners but we got some great stuff there too so that's a lot of content i'm sure we missed plenty of other stuff uh we'll get to it when we can if you got suggestions let us know we will be happy to check out the, your favorite show and what you want us to talk about till then i remain jordan low cliff barnes Seth, bye forever. 
Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.